0: Welcome back everyone to Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast that once asked the question is Persebeth the greatest love story ever told and we decided yes and decided you should think so too and now we're talking about the Trials of Apollo. Today we are on the Tyrant's Tomb. We'll be starting at chapter 14, hopefully making it all the way to chapter 30. Um, We'll see. We've got a very special returning guest um, so stick around. welcome back hello carter hi we're doing the like m- talk show setup where we're actually in the same room which is always fun and makes for like a special editing experience <laughs> so if you hear a lot more overlap than usual
1: it really behind does the feel like a talk show
0: <laughs> there's overlap we're sitting at
1: kind of like what would you describe like a 30 degree angle yes. maybe
0: leaning for you know it's like i feel like i'm interviewing carter how are you doing I'm, I'm, I'm well. Yeah.
1: Specifically, it's giving like NPR maybe because it's a fucking. Or I'm imagining specifically oh the God. um the which one of the sweaty balls sketches from SNL. l <laughs> twenty balls, where like you're visually seeing.
0: That feels like something sunburst. only people our age are going to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is flying Stop away my it, head. Ethan's here, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Ethan, back.
2: Yes, thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing okay, a bit congested, a bit sick, but
0: doing well. How did you feel about, I mean, like so much news has frankly dropped since you were last on the podcast. We are literally getting a brand new Percy book. (laughs) Where were you when you found out about that?
2: I was, where was I? Okay, no, no, no. I'm remembering the Sun and the Star cover drop because I was in a library. That happened too. Like I was in a library and then I was like panic writing an essay that was due that night. And then I, like, emerged Genius. from the I'll library and I opened TikTok and people are like, Ethan, there's a new, like, the Shh. cover dropped. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I don't, actually, I don't know where I was when Chalice of the Gods was announced. Because I kind of was like, oh, okay, a new book. <laughs> like, I don't know why that didn't, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got Salangelo cover drop. And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess an entire new, you know, Percy book is coming too, I guess. Priorities are good. No. Wow. We know what's important to the young people.
1: Generational
0: differences, I guess. Yeah. Wait, wow. that actually is. Yeah, that's the generational divide. I mean, true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought that the cover, we didn't talk really about the cover. I think it's cool. I did not expect Different. it to be like yellow and like red.
2: Oh, the Sun never, of the Star cover? Never would I have guessed that. Yeah, for the Sun of yeah. the Star. A lot of people, a lot of my like mutuals at least were like, I was expecting a lot more of like a purple color scheme and i was yes. like yeah purple but I, yeah i'm actually i'm like i don't know i think the font could have been better maybe i don't know i I'm like i'm get a fan of the font yeah.
1: <laughs> the font is a little bit giving you know uh Hudson you're looking News. At it.
0: <laughs> oh no you know what you're right i'm looking at the font really hard right now it's not the best
2: it's like the way that the letters were like shaded I feel like it could have been but also I know nothing about graphic design, so you know.
1: No, you're right. It's like blocked. My it's not serifed, it's like very (laughs) 3D looking in a strange way.
0: You know, my two and a half years of having a um free trial Canva account have really taught me so much about the art of graphic design. So I am equipped to
2: judge this one hundred percent qualified.
1: Maybe we're not in a position to tell them what to do differently. But we are in a position to look at this and ask some questions. As consumers.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we can say as consumers,
0: yeah. I love seeing their two little names down there at the bottom. Yeah. Rick Riordan and Marco Shiro. Equally sized.
1: Award-winning author. Come on. Period.
0: Any way. Chalice of the Gods, very exciting. Sun and the Star, very exciting. You know what else is exciting? Apollo turning into a zombie. Period. So exciting. I'm excited about that. (laughs) So like we said... We are diving in here to chapter 14. As always with the Trials of Apollos books, we will do our best to summarize what we feel is really important for you to know in case you haven't read this. <laughs> so spoilers through chapter 30 are ahead. We last left off at Camp Jupiter with Apollo admitting to us his very terrifying and frightening history with the Sybil as well as his weird freaking relationship to Reyna and what the heck is going on there and why he seems to be like having feelings for her and continues to monologue about her. Internally. Yep. Um, he, Meg, Lavinia, and Hazel, because as you'll recall, Meg and Apollo only count as one person total, yep. according <laughs> to Meg. Um, So they are our trio quest team. Uh, we are heading out to scout out Tarquin's tomb at the carousel um, to get some intel on how we're going to fight this upcoming battle. And Apollo is turning to the Arrow of Dodona for for some advice going into this situation, perhaps some advice about Reyna for some reason. Oh.
2: Uh yeah, not no. not my favorite plot development <laughs> in the like, positive follow <laughs> books. I can say that for sure. Literally also like we we just
0: recorded the episode where we talked about the whole reveal with the symbol. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ethan? Because like, it was we terrifying. Horrifying. We were just horrified. Yeah.
2: I I don't know, man. <laughs> That's all. Just thinking about it. I don't know, man. I don't want to think about it.
1: I don't know about that.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: Carter. So, what does the arrow of Dodona tell? This is me literally asking because I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) What does the arrow of Dodona tell Apollo? The
1: arrow of Dodona basically just tells him to chill out. The arrow (laughs) basically tells Apollo, like, in and out, go in there. Just get your shit together, and probably you're not supposed to die here. So, you know, calm down.
0: Right, right. You're not going to face death. <laughs> quote, well, you're going to face death, but you're not going to die.
1: The, the quote is, The journey into the tomb will not be thy final challenge, unless thou suckest most woefully.
0: You really did not drop into the character of that reading. Can, can we take it again from the top, please? With more commitment this time?
1: <laughs> the journey into the tomb will not be thy final challenge, unless thou suckest most woefully.
0: Okay. Hey, that was really good, Carter.
1: You don't patronize me.
0: <laughs> no! <laughs> no, I loved that. It was, like, not over the top. It was very, like, it was very authentic.
1: Do you feel, like, grounded in the whatever method yeah. of the character? In
0: the Elizabethan uh, age of it all. Um, well, great. So that's good. Apollo should feel good about that. He's theoretically not going to die. Yes but he is slowly turning into a zombie. This is really important. I cannot emphasize how important it is that Apollo is literally zombifying throughout (laughs) the vast majority of this book and also like in like mortal physical human pain this whole time. Good for him.
1: Difficulty breathing.
0: Maybe that's why he's being so mentally delusional about Reyna. Mm -hmm. Checks out. Let me me hope that there's a reason behind that. Um, (laughs) As we go to head off on this quest, you know, Frank and Hazel are worrying about each other. Some might find this cute. Frank decides to stay back with the troops. Uh, and Raina. And Reyna, they
1: both have, you know, technically are co-leaders and have equal obligations to lead people and organize things. Because as you might remember, the camp is also under imminent threat of attack. Yeah. So coming, We know, not just someone, like, presumably at this point, I think we know two armies are coming to attack the camp from different sides. So he has tasks to do. And he's yeah, doing they're doing that.
0: war games. They're are <laughs> drilling. They're preparing as best they can, which is great because you think about like if Camp Half Blood was about to be attacked right now, I just feel like they'd be running around, just oh, like yeah. freak, like trying to dig trenches, like not really succeeding. Like everybody's like ah! throwing like,
1: supplies. Yeah, the Herbies cabin is just stealing shit. Yeah, exactly. the <laughs> Apollo
0: campers are like Planting. everybody, stay calm. <laughs> like we've got first aid kits. You know, this is also, I did write this down when I was first reading. Apollo is worried in this moment about Reyna. As they're leaving onto this quest, he's thinking about Reyna having just experienced the news about the loss of Jason. Mm-hmm. And now also they just, right, because they camp just underwent a huge battle in which they lost a ton of people. That's why Lupa was saying, you know, like, the pack has been decimated. Um, You need Literally. to, like, call in help from the gods. Reyna has been, like, taking blow after blow. And Apollo is just, like... Yeah, so is Frank, but Raina's been doing this for forever. She has been priator for how many years now? Four. If she got here, More, yeah, it would have been. somewhere upwards of four after her pirate um, situation. Because
2: I always forget <laughs> how old is Raina actually? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Okay, that checks out then. Younger than Percy. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if anyone has an exact number, feel free to message us and correct us on that. But she's been prider for a while, and this is the first time I have ever heard anyone...
1: Voice concern?
0: Voice concern (laughs) about Reyna's stamina, other than us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like an actual book character, yeah.
0: Yeah, the burnout is very real. The burden she is carrying as leader of this camp, and also as a human teenager, is wild. And... Apollo is literally just like, "Mm," but she's also so pretty. Yeah. Oh (laughs) my God.
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Reyna to me is one of the most like tragic characters in like the whole Ryanverse because she's just. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, like she just keeps taking like blow after blow. Like her entire childhood was terrible. Then she's like with the pirates, and then she's not with the pirates. She's separated from her sister. And then literally she's literally separated like, from her sister. Yeah, and then she's thrown into this camp and becomes the leader of this boy. Like She gets told by Venus that like she's never gonna find love. Like Yeah, like girl.
0: Calm down. <laughs> and then the person that she thought she was maybe going to, at least at the very least, have like a working relationship with for the rest of her life dies.
2: Yeah. And not only that, he disappears for like a year and then... Oh, he only oh, yes. did just... Dis-
0: yeah, no, that happened first. God. left her alone who was acting in the place of jason no said, one. she right did now. it by herself sisters are doing <laughs> it for themselves yeah. so true
1: and now she's like even though she has a partner now and frank does seem better i don't want to say better equipped but yeah. more emotionally responsive and thoughtful than jason was perhaps we see him at least doing more mechanically things that are useful to her yeah. she's still also like presumably training him He's new. Yeah. Everyone does seem to be looking to Raina first before Frank, which is something that we both understand why they would do that, but also, like, it's rough for her. She's she's going through a
2: lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We just want to keep in mind, as we are reading through the rest of the book, the fact of how long Raina has been doing this job, and that maybe it's time for her to enter a different chapter of her life.
2: Period. One can only
0: hope. There's this line that says, if Hazel and Frank could cover each other in packing peanuts... They would. Did you write this bullet point or did I?
1: <laughs> I wrote this in. I Okay, so the Hazel and Frank, I, I just don't enjoy it. There, there's some moments here where Frank, he's talking about his, his firewood again because we need to really thoroughly bring that back up, elevate his stakes. Although it does remind me of the fact that we kind of have not been talking about that for a while, which
0: I guess. Because it's safe in the, it's safe in the little fireproof pouch. It's in the yeah.
1: fireproof pouch, I guess. Sure. Okay, we're going to read a few more lines. This is after Hazel and Frank have their long aside where they're off coddling each other before Hazel leaves with the Quest team. Apollo says, you know, do you value his life more than ours? And Hazel goes, no. Well, and Apollo cuts her off and just says, you could just leave it at no. (laughs) 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 And you know, she really could just leave it at no. (laughs) No.
0: Yeah. They like each other. Yeah. Hazel is also, though, specifically worried about Frank, right? Because she thinks that he is perhaps pushing his boundaries a little bit much, especially yes. in the wake of Jason's death. I think that she is very emotionally intelligent and herself is probably feeling some survivor's guilt and can only assume that Frank is feeling the same way, especially since Frank in many ways is like stepped into Jason's shoes here at camp. Yeah. Yes. She's worried that Frank is seeking... Death actively mm-hmm. after the loss of Jason, so let's also keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Going further. Yeah, yeah. Overexerting himself.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we go on a hike. Lavinia finds it to be delightful. Apollo, not so much. He is turning into a zombie.
1: Lavinia's superpower, basically being camping, is really. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not?
0: <laughs> you know who would have a crush on Lavinia? Magnus. <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. I also. have a the haircut. Well, the
2: camping, the pink Pink hair. hair.
1: We would probably also get a parallel line about how, like, maybe Maybe she reminds him of his mom, but he's going to leave that aside.
2: Oh, no. But I did, I
0: remember specifically thinking that Alex and Lavinia would get
2: along they would they so would i
0: think that lavinia would absolutely roll with blitz and her.
2: she's just the lesbian dream (laughs) she
0: is basically there's a big zombie battle in the tomb so we do get to the carousel we get underground there's some like riddles we solve zombie tarquin shows up he's kind of like (laughs) straight up just a skeleton Um, This description is sickening. I really... Should we read it? This one stuck with me. I don't know if we have to read it, but
1: uh, there's all this stuff about how, like, it's not just a skeleton. There's, like, this, like, gas everywhere and the tatters of his kingly robes, which he hasn't taken Mm -hmm. off in more than 2,000 years. I just find it very vivid and more frightening than the more generic, like, zombie descriptions or the skeleton descriptions, because Mm -hmm. those are things that I think we have stronger reference points for.
0: Mm -hmm. I dug it. Yeah, but, like, an undead... King is, yes. is really cool.
1: He also, I think Apollo has a line that is to the fact of there was something in the center that we could see, but it probably wasn't a soul or a spirit because you probably never had those. It's just ambition.
2: <gasps>
0: <laughs> I kind of want, like, if I ever come back as, like, a skeletal king, I want also to be filled with just ambition. <laughs> <laughs> to have ambition in the place of a soul.
1: And to have people be like, oh, maybe, maybe there never was a soul.
0: Ooh. Oh! that is sickening to reach that kind of level of villainy yeah yeah. to the point
1: where people are like oh like i i can't see before this and there's probably no explanation other than just determinism i
0: think both of us are way (laughs) too soft for that to ever happen but i can't think of a few people in my life who are absolutely filled with out of soul and only ambition (laughs) Um, one of my favorite lines in reference to tarquin is Nothing sounds more sinister than the ironic slow clap of two skeletal hands. Yes. That's sensory. Um, what is the word for that? Imagery. Yeah.
1: It's very vivid.
0: Vivid. You know, it's call, It's using all of our senses. Imagine for yourself what it would sound like just to hear two bones <laughs> slow clapping together. Oh God. Yeah. It actually sounds.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> spooky, scary skeletons, y'all. It's spooky season until Christmas. So, I mean, until. Really, Valentine's Day.
2: are <laughs> <laughs> just going all
0: the way. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's spooky season until the cherry blossoms bloom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's canon. <laughs> the thing we want to remember, in addition to spooky skeletal Tarquin, is that the zombies are campers. These are... Yeah, 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 yeah. Big gasp from Ethan. <laughs> Same. Please elaborate.
2: No, I just... Why do these kids keep going through... These like horrible, horrible things. Like they just lost a bunch of people in like those battles we were talking about earlier, and then they have to fight them again. Like stop, no, no thanks. <laughs> That's so messy. And they're up.
1: recognizable.
2: Yeah, they are literally. Lavinia has to murder the
0: zombie version of a friend of hers who's like the yeah. one of the pegaside trainer. The elephant trainer. Oh, the elephant Literally trainer, in Bobby. the scene
1: before when we were leaving camp, Frank is taking the elephant for a walk because the elephant trainer has died, yeah. is what he says. Okay. And now we meet the literal zombie of the elephant trainer.
2: <laughs> I noted that and I was like, are you kidding me?
1: Callback, I guess. Chekhov's elephant trainer.
2: <laughs> Chekhov's oh. elephant trainer.
0: <laughs> Poor Bobby. They're decapitating all of these like people who are their friends, which is like, first of all, therapy for all demigods. Second of all, I guess, like, because Apollo is turning into a zombie, we kind of understand what that feeling is like, you know? They are kind of suspended. I guess their souls are currently trapped in their physical form. But I hope that when they, you know, get zombie murdered, that they, like, yeah, show up in um, Hades, ideally. Hopefully Elysium. So that they can yeah maybe get reincarnated or something try for the fields of asphodel at the very least you know yeah my ambitions in life are low these days <laughs> i just want to end up in the fields of asphodel the fields i'm sure
1: many people have great times at the fields yeah, are you, you kidding just like
0: wander just around. peaceful yeah i would love that you find your people yeah
1: avoid your enemies
0: aren't we in the fields now oh whoa deep wow <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Okay.
1: Maybe New York specifically is the field of
0: aspirin. <laughs>
2: Just wandering around. I don't know. I feel like New York's more Constantly running fields people. of punishment than the fields of aspirin. Oh. I mean, okay, I, I love New York. I love New York.
1: <laughs> no, you can say what you want about, you about like, New York. Don't get
0: me started on New York City.
1: <laughs> I guess, importantly for the plot, the whole reason why we're here is because we're supposed to be overhearing some useful information for us to exploit in the lead-up to the battle, and we do get that information. We're here to overhear them speaking about preparation somewhere, and we get a location that we're supposed to go to afterwards to unlock a secret. You might remember there have been some prophecies about the silent god and everything, and now we have perhaps a lead into... where to go for all of that. So it hasn't all been a loss. Um, There's a fight. It goes mostly okay. Hazel... Implodes all the underground tunnels to cover their exit, and we're off. Go, Hazel. Subquest accomplished, I guess.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the name of the place we're going to is because really I really also an don't remember S or something. Why don't I know Literally, anything this about is Northern like not California even important
1: either? No, but that's the thing is I don't think any of these Northern California landmarks are actually landmarks. <laughs> I think Rick just actually opened to Google Maps. No, was like, every
2: time he mentions places in any of these books, I think in like the Dark Prophecy is like set in Indianapolis. I used to live in Indianapolis, yeah. and he's you like did? mentioning these places, Reality and I'm jacket. like, I don't know where any of these things are. Like, no one in Indianapolis <laughs> knows where any of this is.
1: Are you telling me you did not regularly use the commuter train station well, at the no, center of Indianapolis? Absolutely not. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So whenever he mentions things, I'm just like, I know what this is for the plot. Like, I don't need to know where they actually are. It's just, they're going somewhere. He, like, side checks
1: some things. Like, he'll be like, oh, we went over the bridge. And I'm like, okay, the Bay Bridge, that's real. That's famous. <laughs> the park that he mentions in, in Berkeley. That's real. But, like, this carousel, you cannot convince me that a carousel in a park is, like, a relevant landmark for us to be talking about. And he lampshades it, too. He's just like, oh, well, like, Tarquin, Tarquin's kind of crazy. Like, that, that tomb could be anywhere. Dead Roman kings, really.
0: The mythological world really
1: needs stricter zoning laws. <laughs>
2: right. right.
1: Yes. Haha. It's funny because California has terrible zoning laws and there's no housing in Northern California.
0: Um,
2: oh, so, I, kid you not so find I
1: cannot find it. It's written down. I know it's written down in several places, but I just cannot where remember where. Basically, let me, let me search we... my fucking ebook.
2: Yeah, I'm like on my ebook now, and I'm like, where? What? <laughs> There's a catwalk because it's like a cell tower, right?
1: No, I want to say it's like six letters begins with us.
0: Like... <laughs> oh, are we doing? A...
1: Is that the faster way to do this?
0: We need the <laughs> symbol from the last yeah. book.
2: Yeah, we need we need her. to do a
0: crossword. I, lo- I really hope that people are listening, like, absolutely oh, screaming. Oh, the
2: Sutro, Sutro Tower. Yes! S-U-T-R, we you were off. It's, wait, I can one, one, two, three, four, five letters. You were close. All right.
0: Well, it's the Sutro Tower. We
1: overhear them talking about this, and specifically that they're doubling the flock for the tower. Ominous. Flock of what? Who can say?
0: Flock of what? What flock has to do with Apollo's backstory that- Flux, we shall see. Wait, did you write this, Carter?
1: Yes. Stop. <laughs> this whole time when Lavinia was talking about her dad, I was like, that sounds like a real name.
0: like Sergei Asimov? Sergei
1: Asimov? Oh, like, yeah. which, of course Sergei Asimov is like the, whatever, like principal of the, the Russian ballet. ballet. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why wouldn't he be?
0: Yeah.
1: It's a fake person. I googled it and the first result is the wiki for this book. Yeah. And uh, that humbled me.
0: Yeah. I feel like this was an intentional fake-out. I was really thinking that Lavinia was on her way to join the Hunters of Artemis, because they keep talking about her loving camping. And, like, she... Purpose- and not fitting in with the romance. Not fitting in at camp, constantly wanting to, like, leave and live more of an outdoorsy life, and, like, have different ambitions. And so... And, like, date nature spirits. And date nature spirits, but you, which you can't... what you can't do that in the Hunters which of Artemis. you can't
1: do in the honey- Hunters. But mm-hmm. I
0: do think that we were purposefully thinking about the Hunters.
1: Oh, also, the last thing that happens here is the zombification gets way worse. There's a really sickening moment where the king, who is, of course, like the fucking like skeleton zombie of ambition, reaches out his hand, his skeletal, ghostly hand, and turns it into a fist. and Apollo is like wrenched open. like the the poison like starts spreading way faster. There's this like language about purple, like something, like like purple lines spreading out from oh, yeah. the wound out across his body. It's a cool description. We love it. And um, so Apollo basically like passes out as, as they're leaving and um, wakes up being cared for by, um, oh, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> he, he de- it describes him being cared for by a handsome young man with silky black hair cresting over his wide sepia forehead. He also describes him as a lovely young man before he opens his mouth. Um, <laughs> first of all, Rick, Rick, What is a sepia forehead?
2: Oh, my God. He means
1: South Asian. I
2: have a bone to pick. I have a bone to pick. Like they're an Instagram filter? As like a South Asian person reading this book, I don't know whether to be offended or like pleased that we finally have a South Asian character in these Goddamn books. Come on, Pranjal. Oh my, like, first of all, I mean, okay. I won't say that actually. Cause I was like, I was going to say something, but I'm like, that doesn't apply. Like I haven't met every single brown person. So I can't say that. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> Come
0: on, speaking from the eye perspective. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice catch.
2: <laughs> but don't think I didn't catch that the only Indian character is a doctor equivalent. And like, <gasps> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like <sighs> I caught it, I'm here. The only one is a healer. Let them know. I mean, does it mean anything? Does it mean anything? I don't know. But it that's what it is. These are the facts.
1: This scene, so. yes. It literally, it's so uncomfortable for so many reasons. There's all of that going on. There's the racial dynamics, but also the fact that Apollo is hitting on this healer before they literally say <laughs> anything.
2: I mean, I feel like that's par for course with Apollo, though.
1: That's true. Apollo Apollo's
2: like... Very entitled. Yeah. But... We find out, like,
1: a page later that this is Apollo's grandson.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's uncomfortable. And he's like, aw, shucks.
1: Which also we should have known because all of the healers are either kids of Apollo or kids of Asclepius. (laughs) Anyone could have seen this coming. (sighs) Mm -hmm. And gross. Yeah. But also, like, I'm sure Mm. is is a fine-looking young man.
0: Okay, so we're walking walking through (laughs) (laughs) Camp Jupiter. Also, I really like Apollo is constantly commenting about how like the Camp Jupiter kids are a little bit like robots. And they're just like, like this line is like most of the Romans seem to be off doing whatever Romans did in the late afternoon, marching, digging trenches, playing Fortius Nittius. Ugh. I wasn't really sure. It's
1: a Fortnite <laughs> reference. Rick, come on.
0: That's a Fortnite reference? Oh, yeah. Please. Never oh in 1,000 years would that have landed on me. <laughs> no shade to Fortnite. I just
2: didn't get it. I love the timelines for these books. Like, <gasps> when are these it's books so tr- set? <laughs> Who knows? Um, they exist in the ether. The modern present until
0: Rick says so. <laughs> oh, also, this is one of my favorite parts of the book. The return of Arum and Argentum. Gentum. The dogs that belong to Reyna, the silver and gold dogs. Karna and I have been thinking a lot deeply lately about the beauty of- Paired dogs. Paired matching dogs and how powerful a simple that is.
1: I don't know if we have any listeners who are um, JJK consumers. There's matching dogs, this pair is white and black. Also iconic, also from like a sullen, maybe gay, thankless leader working in the shadows. Anyway, we love it. I miss them so much. Apparently they love jelly beans. And Reina makes this comment oh. about how Meg needs to stop feeding them jelly beans because they'll get stuck in the gears.
0: What? They're robots.
1: Was that they're, canon this whole time?
0: Yeah, they're robots. Automatons. Automatons. Okay. We assume that like Hephaestus like Loki gives like a lot of those like souls though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, okay. Yeah. But mechanically, they're still gears for jelly beans to get stuck in. But she still feeds them the jelly beans and they still like them.
2: Mm-hmm. Great. Meg feeds yeah, them all the jelly they have beans. taste sensors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? They
0: feel joy. They have serotonin releases. Apollo yeah. also shares this information about the ritual that we're going to need to do to summon help. Apparently, this ritual is going to require the death of another god. So in oh. order to perform... Thank you for the gasp. In order to perform the ritual, a god is going to have to die. Obviously, here's Apollo thinking, am, I'm facing death in Tarquin's tomb? am I, <laughs> I going to die? And my first thought when reading this was like, is this a real thing? Is there some like kind of... Mention in antiquity of a ritual to summon help from the gods that requires the death of another god?
1: Quick Google says no. And also, that th- there were a few uh, websites about this that specifically were like, there's only one reference in specifically Greco Roman antiquity ever to the death of a god as opposed to the whatever like eternal languishing of a god. And that one instance is Pan, which we've of course covered at extensive length in these books and that's kind of what that's the model that we're going to be working off of for the death of the god in question in this book as well these books in general we we are traveling further and further from that which is strictly part of the canon of uh mythological texts of the greeks and the romans and that is like mostly fine yeah, Although it does, it, like, changes the character of the books a lot. It's, like, really not the same project culturally as, like, a Percy Jackson where every person we meet is someone where, like, you know, maybe half of the U.S. population is, like, familiar with the story of this person. But that's okay.
0: Yeah, I thought you were going to say that we in these books are traveling further and further away from death having any meaning. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> I wish.
0: But Rick gave us a hard reset there when, uh, you know, he killed Jason. I yeah. guess he did what
1: he had to do.
2: Hard, hard reset.
0: The doors of death are closed, Piper. Your voice can continue to echo off the cliffs of Malibu, and mm, it's oh, not going to help.
2: Stop, stop, stop. This is so unrelated, but like, Tales of the Gods is set before TOA, so I'm just like, please, Jason mentioned, please. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, maybe he'll be around.
1: He'll be alive. Like, please.
0: please. <laughs> I want that for you, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, threads we're trying to tie up here. We're, like, worrying about the fight. Tarquin is, like, still around because Hazel only, like, crushed them. She didn't kill the zombies in Tarquin. And
1: they're going to be back. They're also attacking Rome from the other side. It's, like, Triumvirate on one side, Tarquin on the other side, descending on Rome...
0: We are worrying about the soundless god. We're worrying about this ritual we're going to have to complete. We're worrying about what is going on between Apollo and Reyna.
1: Oh my God, are we worried about that?
0: (laughs) Okay, I need to visit this page. 185, I said. Page 185. Oh, there it says Sutro Tower.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It says it many times. We just forgot.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. This is a page in which Apollo is picking up a vibe between Reyna and Lavinia, which to me feels like... Out of mind jealousy. He is just like so delusional at this point that he's like, well, maybe Reyna and Lavinia have a thing going on because of the like thinking spots. And I don't know that Lavinia is a lesbian. That what is, is going deranged. on? <laughs>
2: what is he thinking?
1: Can you imagine two people who would be less compatible as romantic partners? Because I'm really struggling. Oh
2: my God. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Reyna like. I may be completely misremembering, but like Lavinia gets like detention, which is like Roman detention yes. a lot, right? Raina
1: would not have the patience <laughs> for Lavinia.
2: No, Lavinia she does would not, not have
1: the whatever, like temperament for Reyna. It just would not work out. Raina is not an opposite attract, haha, I want a boy who's or a girl who's so silly and goofy. Like, remember when she was like trying to make a Jason thing happen? Like that is That's not the same person. No, Jason
2: is like completely like straight laced. (laughs) Never, ever lets off steam. Like (laughs) this is the scene where they figure out like, is it
0: Mount Sutro? Is it the Sutro Tower? Yeah. Also, there's also the thread about Apollo's birthday.
1: Right. April 8th. It's Buddha's birthday.
0: There you go. Oh. Wow. Um, wherever the soundless god is, he'll be heavily protected, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're going to have to go on another quest. Well, before the battle starts, <laughs> Reyna is going to go along this time. It's going to be Reyna, Apollo, and Meg. Wait, and? No, just them. Just them. I guess Apollo and Meg are real so, people now. Um, so all Yeah, three of them <laughs> I guess
2: they're separate now. Frank
0: is going to stay behind. And Frank is like, Reyna, don't worry. I got this. I'm going to keep the drills going. You can trust me. This really stuck out to me when I was reading because I was like, oh, my God, like, Frank is like really, he's good at this. He is a yeah. good leader. And I i love that like Reyna can actually trust Frank because like, I know Jason is like, he's smart. He's not an idiot, but something <laughs> tells me Reyna like would not want to trust Jason alone with the entire region <laughs> in the way that like she would trust Frank. I just feel like Frank is a better predator than Jason ever was mostly because he's passionate about it. Like Jason Whoa. did not ever want that, right? <laughs> like Jason, That's true, yeah. this was never his passion. It was very much thrust upon him. Yeah. So I'm just happy for Frank finding his calling and Reyna feeling like the Legion is in good hands Mm. without her for a hot second. So this is on page 187 after Frank says, I'll be fine. Apollo and Meg need you on this quest to Reyna. Go. Why did Reyna look so excited? How crushing her work must have been if, after carrying the burden of leadership for so long, she was looking forward to going on an adventure across the bay to kill a god. I... Suppose, she said, with obviously feigned reluctance. So exciting for her.
2: Yeah, She's like, oh, my God, a field
0: trip.
2: (laughs) She's like, thank God I can slash some stuff and kill things. I don't know. (laughs) That's what the kids are doing nowadays, I guess. So true. (laughs) Sounds like it's time for Reyna
0: to be finding some more adventures in her life. So, yeah, we're going to, like, theoretically kill the soundless god. Perhaps, I guess. Yeah, to like make this ritual work. The
1: soundless god who we think is stopping all communication between enemy gods and also is presumably, they are assuming at this time, an ally of the triumvirate.
0: Yes, that is like the weird piece that they're kind of yeah. just like assuming that because communications have been down and there is this soundless god in the prophecy and we need to kill one for the ritual, that it must mean that whoever the soundless god is is in cahoots with the triumvirate and the emperors. And so we'll just like be able to kill him when we get there. However, one kills, kills a god. god. <laughs> who, who does that in the Christian Bale. Yes, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Exactly. Christian Bale in uh, the most recent Thor movie. Oh. Yeah. Meg is really sad about Apollo turning into a zombie. She might like low-key cry a bit. Um, they have a really sweet conversation here. This is page 191. Is this before they leave?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're still at camp. Mm -hmm. They have a day of downtime. The the quest with Reyna to go and find the Soundless God has to also happen on the morning of the 8th. Everything is happening on the same day. So they have this weird bubble day where everyone is just doing drills around camp that they're pretty sure are meaningless. Because also, wow, I'm forgetting if this happened right before, right after, but Apollo has a dream also about the Tramvirate, specifically about Caligula and Commodus on the boats, testing out a... Greek fire rocket, which they're pretty sure is going to be able to destroy the entirety of the camp and also everything else around without there even being contact. You know, so that that's kind of what is looming over everything that is going on. That, like, maybe all these Romans exercises are not actually going to be useful because they are not going to be meeting on the field of combat, is what is suggested.
0: Oh, Apollo wakes up because, again, he's sleeping a lot because he's turning into a zombie. Um, And he wakes up and Meg is futzing around, like, kicking, like, coffee cups and crying. And Apollo's like, Meg, what's wrong? And she's basically like, you're going to die and leave me. And he's like, what? And she's like, you can't die and leave me. Um, He says, Meg, you're not responsible for me getting hurt. Because there was a little thing we didn't mention that, like, in Tarquin's tomb, she may have gone a little bit too balls to the wall. Was oh, trying yeah. <laughs> to like murder Tarquin herself, and Apollo was like, Meg, like, you, yeah. you, she, she says, It is
1: a little bit her fault. Like, <laughs> Tarquin sees them, Hazel's like, Gang, let's go, and then Meg instead turns around and jumps directly in, and everyone has to follow her.
2: <laughs> but good for her, though. Like, she's brave, she is brave. I think it's that she doesn't value her
0: own life, but. <laughs> She's like, I just thought, like, I could kill him. Like, if you kill the master, you can free the people he's turned. Um, And Apollo was like, you jumped into the throne room because you wanted to save me? And she says, duh. And, you know, they have a moment. Apollo is like, I'm going to be okay. My hot grandson, Pranjal, is, you know, trying to fix me. Um, (laughs) And, like, we're going to summon help from the gods. And Meg is like, how can you know that's going to help? Is this god going to give us three wishes or something? And Apollo was like, oh, God, probably not, thinking about his knowledge of the gods and being like, this really might not help at all. Like, he's pretty much certain that this godly help thing is not going to work. And Meg says, I don't want to lose somebody else. My mental gears weren't turning at full speed. I had trouble wrapping my mind around the fact that by somebody else, Meg meant me. I recalled one of her early memories, which I'd witnessed in my dreams. She'd been forced to gaze upon her father's lifeless body on the steps of Grand Central Station while Nero, his murderer, hugged her and promised to take care of her. I remember how she'd betrayed me to Nero in the Grove of Dodona out of fear of the beast, Nero's dark side, and how horrible she felt afterward when we reunited in Indianapolis. Then she'd taken all her displaced anger and guilt and frustration and projected it onto Caligula, which, to be honest, was a pretty good place to put it. Meg, being unable to lash out at Nero, had wanted so badly to kill Caligula. When Jason died instead, she was devastated. Now, aside from all the bad memories the Roman trappings of Camp Jupiter might have triggered for her, she was faced with the prospect of losing me. In a moment of shock, like a unicorn staring me right in the face, I realized that despite all the grief Meg gave me, and the way she ordered me around, she cared for me. For the past three months, I had been her one constant friend, just as she had been mine. What a horribly insufficient friend I had been. Come here, I held up my arms. Please? And Meg hesitated. Still sniffling, she rose from her cot and trudged toward me. She fell into my hug like I was a comfy mattress. I grunted, surprised by how solid and heavy she was. She smelled of apple peels and mud, but I didn't mind. I didn't even mind the mucus and tears soaking my shoulder. I'd always wondered what it would be like to have a younger sibling. I had someone who depended on me, who needed me to around no matter how much we irritated each other. I thought about Hazel and Frank and the washing away of curses. I suppose that kind of love could come from many different types of relationships.
2: Aww. 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 That's one thing that they got right is like <sighs> that relationship. Megan and Apollo, so good. like. Oh, my God. So sweet. I love them so much. Do you have younger siblings, Ethan? No, I'm an only child. <laughs> <laughs> Get them. So I'm like, ah, oh, this must be what siblings are like <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> I just felt like as a younger sibling, like, taken care of reading that. Carter, you have a younger sister. I
2: do have do a sister. Do you guys ever sister. hug? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I think it's a good passage.
1: That's a good way of encapsulating it and visualizing how, like, emotionally they've evolved in their relationship. Like, having this moment where they pause and they oh, yeah. verbalize some things. And also Apollo offers to hug her because she's really stressed. is very delightful and important.
2: Also, that line where Apollo's like, I'd been an un- insufficient friend. Like, just like him, like, realizing, like, he's not perfect all the time. Other people need like different aspects of himself, and he can't just like do whatever he wants all the time. And also, him realizing that like love
0: and relationships comes in many forms. Yeah. And the way that relationships can heal you is not just by <laughs> dating
2: everyone around. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. So now you can drop the Reyna stuff, Apollo. Now that you've realized. Oh, we're you not have there. Love, no, not can, yet. Unfortunately.
1: Wow, there's so <laughs> no! much love to come. Um, not quite. No. We're going to zoom through the like. <sighs> Intervening day, basically. We have a shout out to Crest. Finally. Who, we've been missing. Finally. Crest, Acknowledge You might him. remember Apollo promised to make a god of music and then was killed. And Apollo was so cut up about it and kept constantly talking about Crest. Rightly, Crest is mentioned again. Crest is mentioned like maybe two more times in this book, but kind of in passing. But we've been waiting. We've been looking and there it is. Good. Important. Bare minimum.
0: There's just a little bit more like Apollo interiority where he thinks about meg being worried being what's forcing him to be brave which again is like a really just sweet aspect of their relationship and that's the little big brother in him realizing that because he has this like very human relationship to somebody else that is what brings out the bravery within him and that's the only thing that's going to like teach him how to charge into the situation Ugh. okay i love that yeah (laughs) he's learning about humans you know I think this is the part about where we get that emperor. The dream. Yeah, the dream. Yeah, we talk, you know, they're going to attack by the sea, which like is bad because as we remember from Son of Neptune, they have like one rowboat. They do not have a navy. Notoriously, Rome does not have a navy. Oh, this was something I just thought was interesting because it literally made me flip to the start of the book and be like, when did this book come out? Um, But there's a lot of talk suddenly about the fact that we are literally fighting Roman emperors and we are at Camp Jupiter right now. I... Apollo says to, I think Meg, I'm sorry to tell you, but the biggest threat to the empire, the Roman empire was often its own emperors. And I was like, Oh, when did this book? (laughs) (laughs) And it was 2019. And what a year that was, you know, what
2: a time, like (laughs) what a time, what a time, what a time. (laughs)
1: Impeachment number one.
2: Yeah. We were so young. We, (laughs) we were We didn't know what was going to happen.
0: Yeah. But we were definitely thinking about this, um, Concept of leadership and and whatnot. Um, I'm sorry to tell you, but the biggest threat to the empire was often its own emperors. Okay. Um, Hazel tells Apollo that his death aura is getting stronger by the hour. <laughs> Apollo says, "Can we not talk about my death aura?" And Hazel says, "Sorry, it's just I wish Nico were here."
2: Oh, yeah, we
0: do too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were just, no, this was a recorded episode. This is going to be on the air. We were just talking to somebody who was like, oh, I read these books for Nico and I
0: Oh, it was, I don't it, know it was why Rick. it was Rick, right? <laughs> Not Rick um, Riordan. Um.
1: <laughs> Rick, the guest of the previous episode. <laughs> yes.
0: Actually, the first time we've ever had somebody named Rick, which is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hazel is such a worrier. She literally says out loud, am I too young to get ulcers? Girl. Are you okay? She's literally like 14 now, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think she's talking about Lavinia.
0: She's literally talking about mothering Lavinia. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> oh, this is the day where he like starts teaching archery, right? Yes. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, am I starting to jive now because suddenly I'm good <laughs> at archery again? Yeah. Yeah. Which also,
1: like, okay, <laughs> it's pedagogically really interesting that his approach to teaching archery is to shoot 20 bullseyes in a row <laughs> as, like, a demonstration or something before he, like, gives any actual instruction about what archery form is. I found this to be, I mean, I guess they just have to prove that he's, like, good at shooting arrows again. We, we, we get, like, a book version of a montage where by the end of the day he's good at archery and also teaching again.
0: Oh, I love that. I love reading montages. Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, it works. Like, we're it not going to really well. sit there with him in cohort three. Like, that's <laughs> silly.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Lavinia is acting super sus. And at the end of this day, she shows up with Don the Fawn to sneak him out to a mysterious location that she feels he needs to go. And we're going to take a quick break there. So this is an interesting little section. Uh, the Book of Night Hikes is what <laughs> I wrote down here when I was reading. Um, we're back on a night hike. Lavinia, our girl, loves a hike. Apollo also describes her as having stormy eyes. And I was like, nope. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Oh, you used that one already.
2: (laughs) Watch yourself.
0: (laughs) But also I think it's a good reminder to people who feel some kind of way about eye color in these books that stormy eyes is more of a emotional shade and not a literal shade of gray. Yeah. In which... Their eyes are. These girls are just stressed (laughs) and have a lot on their mind, okay? So their eyes are stormy. So they go to People's Park, which is a real park.
1: It is a real park very close to the campus of UC Berkeley. That is the subject of a great deal of political contestation about the future of policy for the unhoused and zoning and the obligations that educational institutions have to their communities. But that also we're probably not equipped to speak more about.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, In this book... Uh, it is a place where, um, Peaches shows up, uh, once again. So we haven't seen Peaches in a while. Peaches! (laughs) Peaches! (laughs) I love Peaches. He's really just a Pokémon, isn't he? Peaches is literally a Pokémon. Oh my God. God. Literally. Yep. That makes so much sense. I was like, what does he remind me of? Oh,
1: this is like a little too humanoid. We're like, we're like running right up against some ethical boundaries here, but because they only say your name, you're like, okay, Peaches.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: He's here with a bunch of nature spirits
1: in the park gathered to discuss, to speak, to plan for uh, what's going on because they have started to hear about what happened in the South and how those nature spirits really got like fucked up by the fire action that was happening in connection with the triumvirate. Lavinia has asked Apollo to recount what happened in Southern California, and that's why Apollo was brought there. Apollo tells a story while playing guitar, of course. Not a guitar, Oof. ukulele.
0: Yeah, Lavinia fixed it for Famously her, Famously
1: right? in ukulele, yeah. yeah. She went into his room, stole it, fixed it. Um, Love her. Love her. <laughs> she retells that story, and then the nature spirits are like, great. That's really frightening.
0: <laughs> we have to
1: figure something out, and we'll do that without you.
0: Yeah, and Apollo's like, okay, Lavinia, time to go back to camp. And she's like, "No, uh I'm staying with my people, the nature spirits. And that's oh, when, yeah. again, I was like, oh, so she's going to join the Hunter's Um <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> um,
2: really,
1: like, a little, okay, I was reading this, and I was, like, a little bit, oh, good for her. This is a nature girly. We love that. I feel like I know her. But also a little bit like, wow, maybe it's giving Pocahontas. Because, like, we began all of this with Lavinia being like, oh, like, I have a crush on another dryad. Oh, that's so awkward. And now she's like, these are my real people. Like, I am going to align myself with the nature spirit.
0: Oh, boop. It's giving settler nativism, isn't oh. it? That
1: literally... It's giving, like... When I say Pocahontas, I mean, like, the Disney film. Not, like, history. Oh, of course. It's giving, yeah. like... <laughs> it's
0: Av- giving blue Avatar. People. Blue people. It's giving
1: blue people. Oh, wow. Ooh. What a year we're living in.
0: Why do we have a... C- okay. Again, <laughs> I love Sigourney Weaver. I love her.
1: And we need a word with some people's agents. I feel like that's what it- Michelle Yeoh's agent... In, in hell, movie? I swear Whoa. to God, I will find you.
2: <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I will see you in hell, Despicable Michelle Yo's agent. It's about all of them. <laughs> oh, my yelling? gosh. Someone is yelling. We have some heated opinions on the Blue <laughs> People in avatar. the Blue People movie. She plays a Kung Fu trainer
1: in the Despicable Me Minions movie.
0: Who is her agent? Probably literally somebody from CIA.
1: I'm sure they're very whatever, like technically competent
0: or something. Michelle agent, if you're listening to this, um, I do not co-sign what Carter is saying. (laughs) Please feel free to contact me directly. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, our girlies were going to town. It's time for a hashtag trip to the city. Going to the Sutro Tower. Thank you, Ethan. We are going to find the silent God. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Being gagged by Raina's regular clothes.
2: The chapter oh.
1: opens with him being like, oh, my God, she's wearing, like, jeans.
2: Oh. What? I need Apollo to stop. And I, like, simultaneously,
1: I also was like, wow, that is weird. I cannot picture Reyna in jeans. How funny. And then I remember, and then he says, like, one more thing after that line, and you're, like, immediately, like, oh, no. Ew.
0: Whoa, It's like when all of a sudden a cartoon character is, like, wearing a different outfit. You're like, whoa, who are
1: you? Yeah. <laughs> Literally yes. This is the one line where you're like, "Oh no!" Zapped back into. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Creepy, terrible man. He's like, "Oh, she has like a little bit of makeup on. She's wearing." Normal people close it that fit. she could just be any college student in San Francisco.
0: No. Pause. Absolutely. She's not. 16.
1: She is 16. Yeah. She's, she's 16, 16 years she's old. 16. Maybe we got the timeline wrong and she's 17.
2: No, I don't think so. She is,
1: is not some college student.
2: Oh.
1: And we notice that. We notice we see what you're doing.
0: Apollo, Satan, Satan is coming for you. He's crossing pantheons and he's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of the Christian pantheon being God <laughs> and Satan. <laughs> i mean it's like the father the son the holy ghost and satan yeah hazel um is learning how to drive this is adorable i love that of course she doesn't know how to drive she literally is from the 1930s okay (laughs) apollo literally is like wait a second you have a car why have i been hiking so much when it is possible to drive which really brought back this sense memory for me of when we were in sixth Grade. We went to a camp.
1: Are we gonna shout out Jasmine Flost?
0: Yes. <laughs> we also shout out to like the couple people from our high school who listen to our podcast. Like Cameron, you listen oh, to our podcast, and we, you were we, in our same, same class. Camp. <laughs> we went to camp, and in order to get to camp, it was like kind of in the mountains. We had to take a hike that we were told was mandatory to get to the camp. We were ten. We believed them. It was a literal day long full oh my god. day hike, and this was the kind of hike where our camp counselors were hacking machetes. Oh my god! Into the bush. We were not like walking up a trail. They were forming a trail. Oh
2: my God.
0: And then we come to find out after making it up this hike, which spoiler alert, a couple weeks prior, a kid literally fell off the side. Oh my God. He had to get airlifted out of (gasps) there. And then they were like, no, it's fine. You guys are safe. He was just being silly. Um, We find out at the end of this like literal like 11 hour hike that somebody... Got to drive up to the camp because obviously you can drive up to the camp. She got specially driven up to the camp in a pickup truck.
1: Because she had to practice for her piano competition, which was like a week away or two weeks away or something. This is a person who I am personally like okay with. (laughs) Like as a person at this point in life, there's no reason that she would ever know that we're having this conversation. (laughs) If she does...
0: A shout out to her. I just want to shout out the fact that, like, why have I been hiking so much when it was possible to drive? Exactly. Okay. So true. Spoiler alert. Demigods stuck in traffic. I love this because this whole book has been so fast paced and all of a sudden we're stuck in traffic, obviously. Of course we are. We're trying to get into San Francisco. We're stuck in traffic. Classic Rick Riordan. Demigods in traffic. Peaches is like a full on community organizer. Um, he is like trying to like rally the nature spirits together, yada, yada. This entire car ride is just like Apollo simping for Reyna. Oh, uh,
2: I don't understand why this is such a big part of this book, like I just don't get it.
0: It is a big part of this it's book. so
2: frequent. We're
0: getting so close to the lead up. Um, we find out in this something very important, which is that Talia and Reyna are pen pals like Rick's- <laughs> literally
1: pen pals, USPS.
0: Rick makes a very Rick joke. Uh, no, Rick makes a very dad joke here, which is that like demigod communications are down. Nobody can communicate. Nobody can text. No one can call, but you can write a good old fashioned letter <laughs> and it will travel through the mail. <laughs> Apparently the um, United States postal service is not down. So they are pen pals. Yeah, It's really
1: cute. It- raises so many follow-up questions, so many possibilities. We hear about this in the context of Talia giving Reyna a list of hunter-flagged suspect locations of increased monster activity, and Reyna making a comment about how she has been so overwhelmed and stressed that she hasn't been able to check them all out. And she also like does this little flip as she's saying it, where she's like, oh, like I've been so busy. I mean, sorry, we've all been so busy. The yeah. implication being that like she is personally going down Talia's list and checking these places out and investigating them. Again, what a rich statement, and I have so many follow-up questions. Reyna, why are you doing this by yourself? Is it because you don't trust anybody and you're the only competent person in camp, which, like, (laughs) fair, I do understand that? Or is perhaps something else afoot? Is all
0: I'm gonna say. You know who else has follow-up questions? Apollo, here's where we get something absolutely completely unhinged. Apollo directly asking Reyna, if she and Talia are involved romantically. <sighs>
1: All right. We will be reading. This is in chapter 23. Let me pull up my bookmarks.
0: Oh, okay, ebooks. I see you.
1: There's sutra again. <laughs> Literally <laughs> everywhere. It is so embarrassing that it took us so long to find the name of this mountain that also like does not matter. Um, <laughs> so, I said, making a second attempt at nonchalance. Are you in Talia uh, Raina raised an eyebrow. Involved romantically? Well, I just, I mean, um, oh, very smooth, Apollo. (sighs) Have I mentioned I was once the god of poetry? Raina rolled her eyes. If I had a Denarius for every time I got asked that question. Aside from the fact that Talia is in The Hunters and thus sworn to celibacy, why does a strong friendship always have to progress to romance? Talia's an excellent friend. Why would I risk messing that up? Uh, that was a rhetorical question, Raina added. I do not need a response.
2: Literally? I have so many thoughts. Take it away. Oh, maybe it's because I'm too involved in fandom. Maybe that's why. But this, like, (laughs) reading this, like, I was like, wow, because this is, like, direct to the reader. Like, do not ship Talia and Reyna. Literally. And I'm sitting here like, literally, like, why, though? And I remember, like, this specific passage, it sparked so much controversy among, like, the lesbian community, especially, I think, like, like the lesbian pagan community was like really in arms, of them, which is like such a specific because they were like Artemis protects all women, like not just like ace, arrow ace women or like women sworn to celibacy for whatever reason. People were like the implication is that like lesbians are predators and like shouldn't be in the in the hunters. Oh, wow. And like so if you're in the hunters and you experience oh, lesbian like and this also goes back with like Emmy and Joe. Yeah. Cuz they like left because they wanted to like start a family together. And a yeah, lot of people yeah. interpreted that as like they were kicked out because they had romantic feelings for each other and like no romance allowed on the hunters. Yeah. And so, like, this also, they're, like, aside from the fact that Talia's in The Hunters and sworn to celibacy, but then, like, people were, like, actually, The Hunters were, like, you didn't have to swear to, celib- like, celibacy. You just didn't have to be involved with men. It was meant to protect you from men.
1: If you reread the actual oath, yeah. So,
2: I remember there was so much controversy, but my main thing is, like, it's literally just such a direct to the reader, right? I was like, why would I do that? And I'm, like, but, like, why would you Why would you not? Like, no, I don't get, like, what the <laughs> point? No.
1: Literally... That I think this is a very important point, which is that Reina is telling you something, and this is not the voice of God telling us why would they do this. This is Reina. Reyna is a person who, although she is a girl boss, has a specific personal history. And that specific personal history involves her trying to form, you know, meaningful relationships that extend beyond the specific parameters of a professional relationship that is befitting the specific context in which they met and having those things not go well. So for Reyna to say, why would I ruin a strong friendship? We are good colleagues.
2: You've done it before! That's what We,
1: as readers, do not have to take that at face value. We can sit there and read that and be like, oh, girl, Reyna, like, it's bad for you. Like, I I get,
2: (gasps) I get where you've been.
0: Like, she's not telling the
2: truth. I read
1: this as Reyna, like, justifying it to herself. Speaking as much to herself as anybody else. The
2: specific wording, Whoa. why would I risk messing that up? It's like she's yes. feeling something for Talia, but, like, why would I risk messing up our amazing friendship?
1: That's not what you say if you've never thought about it. Yeah, same,
2: right? oh, that's not what sure. But at the same time, like, maybe she's denied it so many times. She's told so many people this reason that she's just like, whatever, like, I, why would I risk messing that up? And, like, like that. But I'm yeah. like...
0: I read this as very sure. strong just like a row like representation. <laughs> My interpretation of it was that it literally doesn't make sense to her. Oh, that's valid. So valid. Too. And she like <laughs> she physically doesn't understand. Similarly to how like when she was propositioning Jason, she like thought that she had to do that not mm-hmm. because she was in any way romantically attracted to him. But I think that both the beautiful part is that both readings are valid. Yeah. Like so true. whether or not you think that Reina is like an a row queen, a ace queen or whether or not you think that she absolutely has a crush on Talia. <laughs> like, both are fine. Or somewhere in between. Like, I yeah. think that there's a
1: lot of, that there's so much ambiguity in the way that she delivers this, yeah. even though it is very rich and very well-characterized. It makes sense. The way that these lines are delivered yeah. is so scrumptious, so right, <laughs> so appropriate for the characters, but also in a way where, like, people can read into it what they need to read into it, and it all still clicks together, I think, really well.
0: Absolutely, Agreed, absolutely. Agree. We love Raina. Okay. I also,
1: I have to, not not to defend Apollo literally ever, but like, were we not all wondering this? Like, do we feel like Apollo was in the wrong for asking? I was curious. I'm nosy. I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> Why didn't Meg ask? That's my question.
0: So we get out of the car, right? We make it through traffic. We're at the Sutro Tower. Um, Finally know the name. More hiking. We are hiking up to the tower. You know when you're hiking... <laughs>
1: literally yes
0: I do (laughs) oh my god so true you know when you're hiking and there's you know the path is narrow there's only like room for like one or two people to be like walking side by side or it's like you're Mm -hmm. walking in a narrow line in a single file line and there's like a person in front of you and that's the one person you're like having a conversation with right even though like all three of them are together right now there's this opportunity for like a side conversation
1: and like some people are faster and some people are slower and you just naturally will like form your little mini groups along the pathway of the hike
0: yes um and so (laughs) <laughs> Meg is like off doing who knows what. And Reyna is like walking with Apollo up this height. And being the queen that she is, the direct communicator, decides to confront Apollo because she's a leader with strong communication skills. And she's also smart. And she knows that Apollo has been treating her frankly strangely. Absolutely. Right? We cannot pretend that Lester Papadopoulos has not been... Uh, papadopoulos sing all over oh Camp Jupiter lately god. and like papadopoulos sing next to Reyna. oh my god this scene is so freaking long Rick you <laughs> had way too much fun writing this it's my takeaway yeah. I literally yeah. was like Rick was sitting there like all caps you know like the dedication of um, Blood of Olympus or no the dedication of the House oh. of Hades going yeah. ha 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 Stop. ha ha yeah <laughs> No. What I thought Rick was doing writing this scene, he was like, ha, 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 ha. People are going to love this. OK, yeah, so Reyna confronts Apollo. She's like, bestie, why are you being so weird around me?
1: She doesn't bestie him. She doesn't feel the need to soften the blow that way. She's yeah, just I like, You're being weird.
0: Explain. I love her so much for that. <laughs> she says, look, I'm not going to bite you. Whatever is going on, I'd rather not have it hanging over your head or mine when we go into battle. Which reminds me of some conversation between somebody in Heroes of Olympus where they were like, oh, Jason, where he was like, I need to befriend Nico so that we can fight better together. Okay.
1: (laughs) Nasty. What a nasty man. Hey,
0: they are trained the same. (laughs) Lupa probably taught them how to do this. They were like, kids, if a boy is ever acting weird around you, tell them that you need to clarify things before you go into battle.
1: That's a good technique. Uh,
2: I
0: love (laughs) that. Listeners? I
1: love that so much. (laughs) Employee at will. Okay. We're going to skip ahead. Apollo says it's about Venus. Raina's expression hardened. It was her turn to stare at the hillside and hope the conversation went away. I see. She told me her little prediction. Raina spat out the words like inedible seeds. No mortal or demigod will ever heal my heart. I didn't mean to pry, I promised. It's just, oh, I believe you. Venus loves her gossip. I doubt there's anyone at Camp Jupiter who doesn't know what she told me in Charleston. I, really? Raina broke off a dry branch of shrub and flicked it into the underbrush. I went on that quest with Jason, what, two years ago? Venus took one look at me and decided... No, no, no. I was broken. I needed romantic healing. Whatever. I wasn't back at camp a full day before the whispering started. Nobody would admit that they knew, but they knew. I got looks like, oh, poor Reina. The innocent suggestions about who I should date. She didn't sound angry. It sounded more weighed down and weary. I remembered Frank Zhang's concern about how long Reina had shouldered the burdens of leadership. How he wished he could do more to relieve her. Apparently, a lot of Legionnaires wanted to help Reina. Not all of that help had been welcome or useful. The thing is, she continued, I'm not broken course not. So why have you been acting nervous? What does Venus have to do with it? Please don't tell me it's pity.
0: Okay, that's the first part of the conversation.
1: Y'all. She's been sitting on that.
2: Ethan, you, you had that. a physical reaction. Now can do that quote being right. <laughs> like, I love Raina so much. Possibly second favorite character, maybe, to Jason.
0: You absolute hilarious. (laughs) No,
2: I. You don't need to defend yourself. Okay, but I just love that she says, like, the thing is, I'm not broken. Like, because, like, yeah, you're not broken. And I feel like, because up until this point, it's been, like, ambiguous on, like, Reyna and, like. Being Arrow Ace and like her relationship with romantic entanglements and whatnot, but in this moment she's like rebuking like that. The you need love to be a full person. She's like, "Uh, no, I don't. (laughs) Like I, I don't. I love that so much for her, and I also think she deserves a lot. She was like the fearless leader of Camp Jupiter, then she comes back from this quest, and everyone's like, oh, you're 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 broken. You can't love anyone. Awful. Right? And, like, nobody was talking about Jason like Mm -hmm. that.
1: Oh, that's true. Jason had not dated before this either. They had the exact same romantic history.
2: Yeah, exactly. Jason is arguably worse at romance than (laughs) Reina. So, you know, yeah, it's just, like, so unfair. It's so unfair. Ugh, I'm not broken. She's 16 years old she's 16 years old.
0: And this is a lesson that we have to learn over and over again in our lives. Obviously entangled with, but regardless of your sexuality or anything like that, it is a lesson everybody has to learn over and over again when it comes to romantic relationships, that being without them does not mean you are broken or feeling as though you have difficulty with them or have had your heart broken. Like none of that ever makes you less of a human being and you do not need to be actively in a specific form of romantic relationship in order to be a whole person. I just finished rewatching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Period. I just finished rewatching Little Women 2019. (laughs) 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 I'm so lonely. Uh, (laughs) Little Women 2019 is maybe not the best example though because she does marry a man at the end.
1: Yeah, but like to fulfill a commercial obligation.
2: Depending on how lives you with interpret my
0: sisters it. forever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you do not need romance in your life to be a full person. Um period. That's the first half of that conversation. And after Raina explains that, right? Because that was pretty much just Raina talking, there is more conversation.
1: The thing is, I'm not broken. Of course not. So why have you been acting nervous? What does Venus have to do with it? Please don't tell me it's pity.
0: No, no, nothing like that. You see, back when I was a god, Venus gave me a warning about you. Go on, Lester. Um, well, I walked into the throne room one day and Venus was studying this hologram of you. And I asked, just completely casually, mind you, who's that? And she told me your, your fate, I guess, the thing about healing your heart. And then she just... Tore into me, she forbade me to approach you, she said if I ever tried to woo you, she would curse me forever. It was totally unnecessary, and also embarrassing.
1: Woo? Is that even a thing anymore? Do people still woo? I,
0: I don't know, but I stayed away from you. You'll notice I stayed away. Um, not that I would have done otherwise without warning. I didn't even know who you were.
1: So, in other words, what? You're worried Venus will strike you dead because you're invading my personal space? I really wouldn't worry about that, Buster. You're not a god anymore. You're obviously not trying to woo me. We are comrades on a quest.
0: Yes, but I was thinking... <clears throat> no. <sighs> I thought if... if it would help, perhaps it was destiny that... Well, you see, I'm not a god anymore, as, as you said, and Venus was quite specific that I shouldn't stick my... Godly face anywhere near you, but Venus, I mean her plans are always twisting and turning. She may have been practicing reverse psychology, so to speak. Um, if we were meant to um, I could help you.
1: Lester, what in torturous are you saying? <laughs> I'm not in the mood for riddles.
0: That maybe I'm the answer to healing your heart. I could, you know,
2: no, be your no, boyfriend. No, no, no.
0: As Lester.
2: No, if no, you wanted no.
0: You and me, you know, like, yeah. Multiple pages of just no, 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 no. made a squeaking sound, then a sort of sustained whimper. I really had hurt her. Then she straightened, tears streaming down her face and burst into laughter. The sound reminded me of water rushing over a creek bed that had been dry for ages. Once she started, she couldn't seem to stop. She doubled over, stood upright again, leaned against a tree and looked at her dogs as if to share the joke. (gasps) Oh my
1: gods,
0: you, me, i don't see why (laughs) i wasn't saying that
1: stop please you're killing me
0: etc 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 okay um this was the best moment of my life yeah she literally says
1: after this and you thought
0: yeah and you thought four pages (laughs) i want to say like a full ass four pages it is just reyna going ha 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 ha, and by extension, Rick Riordan going ha ha ha. Yes. Ha ha. H-A- They're miming
1: two <laughs> <Yes>. fingers <laughs> on the exactly keyboard. Two like index that. fingers. <laughs> Pull four-arm motions onto the keyboard because it literally says H-A- H yeah. A H A H A H A dash H A H-A-H-A-H-A H A H A
2: in the text.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Love yeah,
2: it. I love it so much. That will
0: probably be where we end plot-wise for this week, but like, wow, this. Erica was so special me. to me. Oh yeah, I know. I like read the book a little bit before Carter did and I had to explain the whole situation because I needed to talk to, you know, like we do. Um, <laughs> I needed to talk to somebody about it because it was so special to me.
1: And it was, wow. Steve Carell found dead in a ditch. Um, this
0: was humor, cringe like, humor.
1: Yes, Lester in this scene, he has given so many outs. He has given every hint, every off-ramp, every sideways glance, every, what do you actually mean? Every, no riddles.
0: Yeah, I thought the scene was done. I thought we were done with this conversation when Raina said, I don't need healing.
2: I'm not broken. And then somehow he interpreted that as,
1: he literally offers to heal her.
2: Yeah. She literally goes, I'm not broken. He says, of course not. And then he's like, maybe I'm the solution. You are not the
0: solution. Listening comprehension skills at an all-time low. <sighs> Apollo yeah. is the monster on the hill. I think for
2: god of sound, he'd be better. He is the problem. He is the problem. It is. I'm just so glad she reacted by yes. laughing. Like, that's the best <laughs> possible reaction is just laughing in his face. As if And and he's like, this is how it's like the first time she's laughed like this in a long time. And I'm like, Literally, she deserves it. She deserves it Water so much. filling up a dry creek bed. <laughs> oh god Yeah, the implication that
0: Reina has never laughed this hard in her life the implication later I think it's mentioned maybe after the suture tower fight where she's like hey I think you did heal me because I needed a good laugh and I think that this actually was the situation all along you healed my heart by making me laugh so hard
2: yes I love that so much the absurdity of so it all good.
1: Uh, yeah, the because he laugh so hard, it does feel like a payoff in some ways. And there is, I think, an experience of the scene that is incredibly cathartic, that we too get to cackle and laugh at Apollo and his misfortune. Yes. His yeah. Divine cosmic retribution for the many, many terrible things that he has done in, you know, such a small part, in such a small fraction when compared to everything that he's done. That said, when actually reading the scene for the first time, I had to twist my body into a pretzel. I like, was, I could not keep reading the book. I had to keep ducking away from it. I had to pause and put it down yeah. and take deep breaths and be like, when will this end? When will this end? When will he stop and take the hint and free me from what is going on? And then he just.
0: I think this is actually like, in addition to just being a ha-ha hilarious cathartic moment, I think this is actually really important in his development because he says he's changed. He says he's a different person now and he has no idea why he would ever act that way towards the Sybil that he totally gets that no means no now. But he clearly does not. Even though Lester Papadopoulos has had his memories wiped, he does not know how to listen to women. He does not know where boundaries are. But literally the Mm -hmm. embarrassment of this moment The absolute cutting down, the roasting on a fire
2: that he receives in this moment is actually what leads him to character development. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, he was just embarrassed so much that he became a better person. (laughs) And that's what roasting is all about. So true.
1: This needs to happen to more people. Yes. Perhaps there are occupational or physical dangers that may come to you if you react this way, but (laughs) I think it would be good for a society if this happened to more men. Yeah. If you give them like five different off ramps and they keep going and they keep going specifically in a way that sounds like this.
0: Laugh my God. Laugh in their face.
1: Laugh in their face. Just Enjoy give them a yourself.
0: big old Laugh in ha, their ha, 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 H-A-H-A. Over yeah. that
1: fucking creek.
0: Yeah, <gasps> exactly. I think that was chapter 24, right? Yes. So we technically made it through chapter 24 today. Um, part of that. Part of chapter 24. <laughs> we will pick up on that next time to actually go to the Sutro Tower. So important that we know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you won't forget for next time. Thank you so much, Ethan, for joining us today. Despite being sicky, we really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, Want to tell the people once again where they can find you?
2: Yes, all of my social medias, everything is Ethan with two N's, K-U, so TikTok, Instagram, Tumblr, AO3, <gasps> if anyone is into that. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, you guys
0: know where to find Ethan if you are not already following them. We will see everyone next week for just some uh, some good old tower fighting, some good old zombification, <laughs> some, some watering of the creek. If yes.
2: you All <laughs> right, see you guys then. Bye. Bye bye. Bye all. <laughs>